You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. I mean, just an unbelievable start to the podcast already. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show on most social media platforms. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. Nada at Nada the Scribe. We'll continue our player evals today. Gave a goodbye to Pete Gwilly, Doug, after leaving the Charlotte Hornets for the New York Giants in a job that he said that he couldn't turn down. It was just too good to turn down. Yeah, I mean, listen, Pete's done a great job uh, in his role with the Charlotte Hornets. Transitioning brands or rebranding is really difficult. I mean, there's so many ways that a rebrand can go wrong, and uh, this one didn't. I mean, it didn't. It was a, a good effort by the Charlotte Hornets to bring in some new style while respecting the fans and respecting the history uh, that brought a lot of those fans uh, into the Charlotte Coliseum and, and had them fall in love with the Charlotte Hornets, they were able to respect that heritage. And I think they did a really great job. So shouts to Gwelly also for coming on this show. I mean, he was a big uh, fan of this show and he uh, came on a few times. I remember Walker, he came on one time uh, when they did the first, when, when Nike did the five jerseys for everyone and uh, I guess that was two years ago was the first year they did that. And the Hornets revealed their first two jerseys. And it, it was kind of a lackluster reveal because they were jerseys that a lot of people had already seen. Yeah, I remember that. And people really wanted to see the classic jerseys. And uh, so uh, Gwelly had to go on and do a like a Facebook Live event and caught a lot of flack from the fans for not you know, revealing what they, you know, give the people what they want. Right. And so then he did that. He was supposed to come on the show before that, but then he did that and then came on our show and he was just so like, (laughs) not as excited as you hoped he'd be. Right. Because the fans beat him up. And I just remember just how just sort of down he was, but uh, you know, they, they did release the classic jerseys The they recovered and, and well, you're damn right. (laughs) He learned. (laughs) And Hey, give him credit for that. I guess. Not going to continue to piss off the fans. Just go ahead and make the classic jerseys. Now he's going to be with the New York Giants, which reminds me, it's draft day today, Doug. I'm excited. Tell me too, man. So many mock drafts updated. So many mock drafts released. I got one here from Sir Charles in Charge, another fan-sided blog. You know, shouts to fan-sided. There must have been an email sent out to all the fan-sided blogs. It was like, get your mock drafts out now. And this one is 3.0 from michael sands are you gonna give me the fan side i can i you'd like it uh, I, mean, I feel like we're down this road now why don't you just go ahead and give me the selection okay. we're going at 12 because i thought you were i really did for one second think that you were excited about the nfl draft and then oh, i no. realized very quickly <laughs> you were gonna make this a transition to an nba mock draft once again no 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 i will not watch one minute of the nfl draft in fact i can't decide what i care less about the NFL Draft or Avengers Endgame. Oh, is that hot? Because I'm not a big superhero guy anyway, so Endgame doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. NFL Draft, certainly, I am very excited to watch tonight. But Endgame, yeah, I I can't even tell you the last Avengers. I, I watched one Avengers movie, and it was good. It's just nothing that I have to go see. 
listen, if you love it, that's great. Uh, you know, everybody needs something to love. It was it was too much, just oversaturated. And I feel the same way about the NFL draft. What if it's like what is it like two weeks long now? Yes, it's two weeks long. It, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, we won't be done with the NFL draft until until May sometime. No, forget it, man. I'm done with that. All right, number ten in this draft. I want to build up to it. I don't want to reveal. <laughs> Are we counting away. down random mock drafts? Yeah, now? this is NBA mock draft. Who is this? 3.0. Sir Charles in charge. I've never even heard of this website. Yeah, it's a fan sided blog. You should hear about it. They're a great website. Number ten, Kobe White, guard out of North Carolina. <laughs> Number eleven. Oh, this was who uh, the 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 other blog that I did. I can't remember. I can't even remember what it was called. The other <laughs> so blog many. that I did the other show ago had this player mocked to the Charlotte Hornets. Nikhil Alexander Walker at eleven to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep, that was one. Which means that the Hornets are going to draft Rui Hachimura forward from Gonzaga. I don't feel that a whole lot. I don't think I love the Hachimura pick. Oh, I love it. This is a this is a guy who's a leader. He's a proven winner. He's somebody that uh, is uh, not a, not entirely big enough for the position, <laughs> uh, but you know I think he's ready to go. All right, is that is that the analysis? Very 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 good. Yes, we appreciate all the analysis. Safe pick. Here. All right, we'll go to the evaluation now. As far as some of the guys that did play for the Charlotte Hornets this past season, Billy Hernan Gomez next up, and so we'll look at him just how he got here, past, present, future, as we've had. As we've done with the player evaluation so far. So how he got here, he's acquired from New York in 2017 in exchange for a couple of second round picks and Hernan Gomez logged inconsistent minutes this season. He did average 19 points and 13.7 rebounds per 36 minutes, Doug. So his $1.6 million contract becomes guaranteed if not waived by June 28th. So looking at how he came here, came here for a couple of second round picks. I think Johnny O'Brien was included in that trade as well. J-O-B, gone from this organization in order to bring in a Billy Hernan Gomez, a parting gift from Rich Cho, who may have given us a couple of these guys to look forward to. A Billy Hernan Gomez and also a Dwayne Bacon might be the last parting gift from Rich Cho as far as the draft goes. Because when Rich Cho made that trade, I mean, it wasn't too much longer after that before he was let go from the team. Can't, I don't think so anyway. Yeah, it was, so, it was certainly his last move. People were ripping the New York Knicks for doing this. Now, in a second-round capacity, not that it was going to be franchise-altering, but why would you get rid of a guy that does have promise as a former second-rounder by trading him for a second-rounder? You know, you hoped that you would get a Billy Hernan Gomez with your second-round selection, and therefore, why would you do that just to get a second-round selection again? And so while I got that, I remember Brian Windhorse with that analysis, and so he comes here, and I think I think I was fine with it. I'm certainly in hindsight, I'm still fine with getting Billy Hernan Gomez on this on this team. I'm just not sold on his future like maybe other people see the ability. Well, at the time that the trade was made, I think both David Walker and I thought that it was just an odd move overall because everyone knew that Rich Cho was was fighting for his his job. And you didn't Bil- think Billy was going to save it? Well, Billy Ernan Gomez was not an immediate impact player and certainly wasn't going to help that season. Now, there was some talk at the time that San Antonio was also interested in making a longer-term move for Billy Hernan Gomez. So we speculated at the time that Rich Cho was trying to... It wasn't the last move. It's funny, when you go to Twitter every once in a while, you'll see one of these moves, and then somebody will quote tweet whatever the report comes from, whether Conspiracy. it's Shams, whether it's Woj, whether it's Shams, and they'll say, oh, they're not done. <laughs> 
<laughs> Expect the, another one. And the thing is, almost certainly they are done. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's always, oh, this means there's another one coming, folks. Speculate. It's going to be fun. Strap in. It's going to be a wild ride because there is absolutely another trade coming. And I feel like this was one of those. When they got Billy and traded a couple of second round picks, it's like, what's coming next? Frank Kaminsky. Is he going to be gone? Who's it going to be? And that's how Billy found himself with the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, not happy with New York. Remember, he was not happy with the limited amount of playing time that he was getting with New York. And he and KP were best friends. Yeah, and he, did, he really singer. didn't get much more playing time in Charlotte, which no, again, didn't. also made the move odd. That he, And I guess maybe there's expectations, right? He expected a bigger role in New York where they didn't have a lot going on. He comes to Charlotte, there's a little bit more going on, and so you could sell him on a more limited role on a team that possibly has a chance of making the NBA playoffs. Dougie's a fantastic rebounder. When he goes in the game, he is very effective at grabbing offensive and defensive boards. You look at, again, I just mentioned that his per 36-minute rate of rebounds is 13.7. That's phenomenal. As far as a fantastic rebounder on the offensive glass, cleaning the glass, said that he's 85th percentile when it comes to defensive rebounding percentage, 93rd percentile when it comes to the offensive rebounding percentile. So it's impressive to see what Billy has done on both sides rebounding the basketball. That's his best attribute right now. A lot of people might think it's the post moves, being able to score, putting the ball over his left shoulder, hook shots, but... I mean, his best attribute right now is rebounding, even more so than scoring, because cleaning, cleaning the glass also has his two-point field goal percentage down, and that brought his overall effective field goal percentage down. Despite him shooting well from three, 41%, I think is what he was listed at. That had him in the 90, 90th percentile as well, according to cleaning the glass. So there were some things to like, but also I don't think any of it outweighs the awful Awful defensive play from him on the other side, as well as just not being all that an effective score when you look at the efficiency. Yeah, just uh, another uh, player in a line of players that the Charlotte Hornets have have uh, acquired that are really bad on one end of the floor and not good enough on the other end of the floor to make up for the deficiencies. Um, when he was getting his most consistent playing time, probably in January, he was averaging eight and seven. And while that's nice, you know, serviceable for a backup center in this league, it's not enough uh, to make you forget about the fact that he is a matador in the lane. He is absolutely a matador. Olay! He, he's, he's awful. And I, that's absolutely why you can't play Billy Hurd and Gomez. There's a couple guys, a couple of the better games that he played, 19 points and a loss to the Celtics. 20 points in a loss to the Warriors at the end of the year when he was getting quite a bit of playing time because they decided to go to the young guys. And Doug, you noticed before we came in here today that not an uncommon theme was bad loss, Billy big game throughout the season. Big game, Billy. In a bad loss. Big game, Billy, in a bad loss. Some of the worst stretches of his season. There was one stretch in the middle where he had a one for five game, another one for five game, uh, one for six, one for five, one for five, two for five. So there's a four-game stretch, and that was in late December, right up until the end of December, where he was not very good, not very efficient from the field, couldn't get anything to go, and then didn't play a whole lot. Um, not really too many games above 20 minutes, although when he did play 20 minutes, Billy got rolling enough to where he's actually a, a pretty effective basketball player. So somebody that, when he did get his run, it did him a lot better because it is hard to come off of the bench and not play so many minutes and expect somebody to be effective. Big game, Billy, when there's bad b-ball. 
It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you joining us. Are in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around. If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets and don't fumble around with your phone or Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time LOH time. We'll be back in just one moment. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We don't want that Pacers talk. You got to respect the satchel. We don't want that cab stop. What you got, Doug? <laughs> I have the entirety. I turned this satchel a little loud today. <laughs> Be quiet, satchel. No, we're ba- it's a club banging in here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Just some breaking news from Jeff Goodman as we're speaking on the pod okay as of 130 seventh woods is transferring from unc whoa big news by who's seventh woods right (laughs) i have no clue i think that's what all the other coaches are asking what who's this guy you always have this one guy from carolina that ends up transferring oh you had the twins uh several years ago travis and davis Ware, david Ware. they went to ucla along with larry drew and a couple of those guys became D-League players. Yeah, Drew became a D-League player. You know, Carolina can't fit them all in. So occasionally you get these guys who just many, aren't, aren't good enough to break the rotation. they well, got to go. Well, now they're starting to recruit really, really well again. And so it's really tough to have some of these guys that came in, coming to North Carolina, maybe taking a gamble because of all the academic scandals rolling above the North Carolina campus. And Seventh Woods. That's right. The clouds are finally lifting. <laughs> and Cole Anthony wants to come play ball. Let's go. You have, uh, there's a couple of other, there's one five star recruit already. I forget who committed already, even before Cole Anthony did. But Carolina does get their point guard, Cole Anthony. They lose one in Seventh Woods. But I know there's another guy. I think his name's Precious. There's a high school player out there named Precious who just might, I think that's his name. It's some weird name. Maybe like that, that. Maybe that's why Seventh actually transferred. There's you, only one that we can have. <laughs> you can only have one weird name guy. I'm sorry, Seventh. You got to go. Gotta this guy's go. a five star. Although Seventh did have an insane mixtape, it just never really came to fruition out there in the real college basketball world. Also, Thon Maker, one of the better mixtapes that I've ever seen in my entire life. Love me a Thon Make, Maker mixtape. Love it. It's excellent. Maybe he hasn't come to fruition out there on the NBA court, but I really wanted to see him. I mean, he's crossing dudes up like Allen Iverson at seven feet. I hadn't seen that before. I was excited to see him get to the NBA. And now he's getting traded for pennies on the dollar, really. Yeah, it's like, you, yeah you, here's a throw in. That's how you know that he was really not good enough. Because if he was good enough, pairing him alongside Giannis, you feel like that's a huge advantage for a team. Well, they're and, so and long. they decided that it wasn't. Did you do the hockey yesterday, by the way? I did not. I did not do the hockey. And I won't hate on hockey like I hated on Avengers Endgame because I know people are super excited about it. And I think when I've been into hockey, I've really been into hockey. And You've been I in just, before? Yeah, you know, when the Hurricanes made that run towards the Stanley Cup. Well, they won I guess one. 08, right? They won in 06, and 06. I think they got there in 04, but lost to the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I, I feel think. like in 06, I, was, I got really into it. And then I just, I just can't stay in it when a team is not contending oh well they're awful they were awful for a decade and now they're moving on to the second round game seven victory last night over the washington capitals i gotta tell you i did the hockey last night the hockey was good it was the first time i have ever done the hockey for an entire game first time ever 
for an entire game, watched it. I didn't know what I was watching a whole lot. I knew when to be excited. I knew when to be sad. I knew when to be angry. But I didn't exactly know what I was watching last night. But it was a lot of fun. Game 7, man. Hockey playoffs. They say it's better than NBA. Nobody's watching it enough. For it's actually fans, ring sports true. fans live for the game seven though. Yeah. I mean, game seven of any sport. Give me game seven of any sport. Best, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be excited. Best two words in sports, right? Yeah. Game seven. Give as, me game seven of curling. I'm excited. Kimba Walker would like to be a part of a game seven. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I can't. I mean, I I was watching this game again with the Portland Trail Blazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Damian Lillard hits that crazy shot. Everybody's really excited about it. That and shot was so sick. It's insane. And all I can sit there and think is, man. I bet Kimball Walker is watching this game. He wants game. a thirty-seven footer to drop in the playoffs. Well, he just wants he wants that. He wants the Portland Trail Blazers. He wants just a little bit of help. And I've said for years that the Portland Trail Blazers model is the Charlotte Hornets model to to hit on the hit on a few players in the draft, try to build around them with savvy trades, bring players in that are not good enough to really be a second or third option on a great team but are you know you can make the whole greater than the sum of the parts and that's what Portland has done and Portland is best case scenario for the model that the Charlotte Hornets were chasing and this is what the Hornets wanted they wanted to win a first round series like the Portland Trailblazers had and they wanted Kimball Walker to be the one that hit the game winning shot to send them to the second round it never worked out for the Hornets it is working out for Portland and I gotta imagine that Kimball looks at that situation and says that's not gonna happen for me in Charlotte I gotta go somewhere else I've said this quite a few times on the podcast before and it might contradict what I've spoken about recently allowing Kimba Walker to move on you make the offer for Kimba but maybe you don't go all out and offer him every single dollar that he can make with the max contract and maybe even the super max if he does make that all NBA team and so maybe this contradicts that but you're right in the fact that anytime somebody would bring up that tanking is the way you bring up some of those teams you know Portland they get Damian Lillard and it's in the lottery it's six overall that's a little bit tanky right I mean it's not it's not top five you're not going all the way to enhance your chances to get the number one overall pick but it's very close it's it's a sixth overall pick I think was what Lillard was selected by Portland CJ McCollum was 10 and so you get your backcourt with a 10th overall selection and a sixth overall selection that's that's kind of middle ground in the lottery. It's you know not making the playoffs. That's middle ground. You look at what Milwaukee did. You know they did not select in the lottery when they got Giannis. He was fifteenth overall. And what you do is you draft very well outside of Giannis. You get him Chris Middleton. You get him Malcolm Brogdon. You know the Bucks have built their basketball team extremely well to where you might have Portland being the blueprint. And I agree with that. There are other teams to look at, and that's why it's not crazy and frequent. It's really tough to hit on draft picks in the teens. I get that. I, I get that it's really tough to have those guys become the stars, but it is not extremely rare. I mean, it's not crazy infrequent. Look at Indiana. They drafted Kawhi Leonard 15th overall. Now they traded him, but Kawhi Leonard was on the board when they selected 15th overall. The Spurs found a way to trade George Hill for him, and so Kawhi Leonard, as a 15th overall prospect, along with some other late guys, right? Manu Ginobili, late. Tony Parker drafted late. You surround him among a star with Tim Duncan, who was selected number one overall. There are teams who are doing this. Look at the Pacers. I and mean, we, we can roll these examples quite a bit. 
you know, Indiana, Lance Stevenson, effective. I know that's a bad word on the podcast, but with Indiana, it wasn't a bad word. Second round pick, Roy Hibbert, late, Danny Granger, Paul George, both in the teens. Paul George was the 10th overall selection. We can do this, right? I'm at the point where I've just got so much fatigue at being mediocre. I don't want to be one of these people that continually condemns the Charlotte Hornets for being mediocre and being an NBA purgatory. I, I just personally, I have the fatigue where I think it is time for Kimba Walker to move on. I think it's time for the Charlotte Hornets to move on from Kimba because if you bring him back, the roster doesn't change. I don't think there's any teams knocking on the door for any asset that they have. And so while I agree, tanking is not 100% the answer all the time. I just think I've reached the point personally where now I'm ready to see Kimba go so we can finally have some kind of rebirth of an organization. That's not possible if you keep Kimba on this roster with all the money allocated to a bunch of other mediocre pieces that you have. And I'll agree with you that the Hornets were on that same kind of model as Portland, Indiana, and other teams. One thing I will say, though, is that the Charlotte Hornets went after skill players, and they they really put an emphasis on on team chemistry and, and locker room cohesiveness. Whereas if you look at Portland, they've got size, good size, at nearly every position. They, they've got athleticism at a lot of positions, and they've got two-way play at several critical positions. Those are things that were all missing from the Charlotte Hornets formula over the years. And and part of that, you have to lay at the feet of the organization and especially around the draft. I mean, you draft a guy like Frank Kaminsky, who again is, uh, can get, can pop off uh, offensively, um, but is dooming you defensively. Malik Monk, same kind of situation. And, and those players are not improving on the side of the court that they are deficient in. Whereas in, in Portland, you've, you've had players that, that came in with, with maybe some, some bad aspects to their game, but have slightly improved over this season uh, to make up for it. Terry Stotts is an excellent coach. I yeah. think maybe there's some value as far as him getting coach of the year that a lot of people haven't talked about you know losing Nurkic at the end of, and, and damage is already done with Nurkic right like this was at the end of the regular season I, I get that but still for them to move on from the Oklahoma City Thunder you know, look at that team I'm sure Portland can shoot better and I get all of that and Russell might be a fake star to some people OKC should be the better team than Portland when you look at them on paper especially without Nurkic now you put Nurkic in there it's a little different but without Nurkic how many players do you really value from Portland outside of the backcourt? Like, tell me how many guys that you really want on your basketball team, hardcore. Hot shot, Myers of- Leonard. And <laughs> that's our guy. That's about it. Yeah, no, Rodney I- Hood, streaky. Uh, Zach Collins. Rodney really Hood was left for dead in Cleveland. Yeah, Rodney Hood or uh, Zach Collins really hasn't shown you anything. Uh, you, from our pre-show discussion, you clearly hate Al Farouk Aminu. I don't hate Al Farouk Aminu. He's fine. He's Mo- fine. He's 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 solid. He can and, hit corner listen, threes. Here, I guess here's the here's the sort of the the depressing thing about this whole situation is that I look at this team in Portland and I say this is best case scenario for the Charlotte Hornets, the model that they've been chasing. But then I also look at the salaries that Portland has had to give out or acquire to make this thing happen, and they've really trapped themselves. Like they really need to make some upgrades if they really want to contend with Houston and Golden State, and they really can't. No, and that's. That was the problem last year. They got swept by the Pelicans. They got swept two years in a row. Got beat down. Golden State, I believe, the year before. The Pelicans just last year, when everybody thought that was going to be a phenomenal series, Anthony Davis finally gets his playoff series win under his belt. It was the first time he's done that, I believe. And so Portland gets swept. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum come back hungry. And McCollum didn't have all that great of a regular season. Certainly not a start to it, if I'm not mistaken. 
because a lot of people felt yeah, Nurkic struggled. was the second best player on that team. Now McCollum balled out in the playoffs. But I agree with you. And so a lot of people were discussing, can you win with this backcourt? Do you have to trade C.J. McCollum? Do you have to trade Damian Lillard, get a lot more value, but you have to trade one of those guys. You have to break them up in order to be a real contender. And now we're all feeling good about Portland. You were very detail-oriented, right? You went to a, the nth degree to discuss some of the valuation, some of the blueprint that you had with Portland. I was just more discussing drafting really good players in the teens. You went with some really good analysis as far as, you know, <laughs> three-point shooters, getting two-way players, but I think both of us are on the same page here. That that can be done. How about Enos Cantor after that uh that elimination games uh, thanking the Knicks for yeah. uh for waving him so that he could be picked up by the Portland Trail You know what sound I want to hear. When I think about playoffs, my nipples get hurt. It's <laughs> the best sound we have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a dude with some hard nipples right now. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire time. four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Have you enjoyed the first round of the playoffs? I have not. The second round is going to be awesome. I'm excited for the second round. The first round has not been all that impressive. You know who has not enjoyed the first round of the NBA playoffs and is really glad that his first round is over? Who's that? Donovan Mitchell. My <laughs> God. Thank you to the Houston Rockets who mercifully yeah. put him out of his misery. Donovan Mitchell had the roller coaster where it was bad for most of the series, and then he had his one comeback game. Kyle Korver calls back the media says he's our leader. I've never seen a player that young lead a team like he has. And then afterwards they go out, they beat the Houston Rockets. Rachel Nichols on the jump. Her monologue is all about maybe Donovan Mitchell is too young enough to know that he's not supposed to come back from a 3-1 deficit. I'm just saying, possibly it could happen. And then Donovan Mitchell gives you four field goals out of the 20 that he took. Four of 22. You missed two. He was <laughs> 0 of 9 from three. 12 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 turnovers, and 4 personal fouls to boot. I mean, my goodness. I'm glad this didn't somehow magically go to 7 games. It could have ruined his career if it had gone to 7 games. But Bonnie Jones, like, or at least our perception of it. We've talked about this, I think, but Bonnie Jones says this. Are we going to end up hating Donovan Mitchell? Is he going to be our enemy, or is his attitude too good? Like, the reason I ask that is because he's a volume shooter and people, Bomani's point, and I can see it, we turn on volume shooters. We like them when they're young, but then by the time roll, year three rolls around, you get year four and you're still shooting a pretty inefficient way, then we turn on them. Although I don't think Donovan's numbers have been like they're 43% from the field, you know, 36% from three this season. 
that's not enough for anybody to turn on him. But in the playoffs, you'll you'll absolutely turn on him if he continues that. Well, similar to what's happening right now with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, he's getting. Yes. All, yeah, Westbrook is getting all the criticism for being inefficient and not being able to lead a team. It's it's the concern that I have with Devin Booker. It's it's really this whole thing that's happening. Here we with, go about Devin Booker. I'm just this, saying. You just wanted to use this as a bridge to hate on Devin Booker. You'll use anything as a bridge. Yeah, you're not wrong. But so my thing with Devin Booker is I put him on a good team and let's see if he's empty. Yeah, let's see if he's a Russell Westbrook. Let's see if he's a Donovan Mitchell, because that's a thing. When you're playing on the Phoenix Suns in the regular season, yeah, sure, you can get 50 points. You can get whatever you look, whatever look you want. But in the playoffs, things change. And Donovan Mitchell found that out very quickly. In the playoffs, things change. And and your weaknesses are going to be exposed, and and hopefully I don't think we'll hate Donovan Mitchell if he wins. See if Russell Westbrook, if if OKC was moving on to the well, second of course, round, right? Like, no, nobody cares. Of course. Well, that that's how it goes. It, of course, it, it all comes down to if you win, then we're not going to hate you like that. But it's amazing. We all loved the attitude. We felt bad for Russell Westbrook because Kevin Durant took all the hate. He took it all to Golden State. Anybody that couldn't stand anything about them, people are like, well, Russell's by himself now. Kevin Durant did him dirty. And so you get bounced in the first round in five games against Houston. You get bounced in the first round six games against Utah. And then again, Utah, or not Utah, excuse me, who did they just lose to? The Portland Trailblazers. They lose in five games to Portland. You get bounced in the first round three straight years. And this year, there's no excuse like we had even two years ago when everyone was comparing James Harden and Russell Westbrook because it was an MVP race. Harden more efficient a little bit. Russell Westbrook had the triple-double. But Russell doesn't have as much talent as James Harden does, even though he had Oladipo, he had Adams. Now, like, the excuses are running out. Like, I like Russell Westbrook's attitude, but, man, it's getting bad in the media. And also, you have enough talent where you got to do something better than this instead of just jacking threes and missing all the ones that you jack. You see, that's the thing, right? Donovan Mitchell does have a personality that plays well with the media, he does. And plays well with fans, and he has teammates like Kyle Korver who are coming to his defense, and I think ultimately that matters right now in terms of public perception. Who's coming to the defense of Russell Westbrook other than Paul George? And it's lame. Yeah, it's very lame. That's not a great ally to have when it comes to someone defending you for a playoff performance. And a hundred percent, you know, playoff P is giving yourself your own. You can't give yourself your own nickname. Trust me, I've tried. (laughs) What have you tried? I'm interested in this. What kind of nicknames have you given yourself? It doesn't work. Big B baller. You know, I don't know. Like I just, (laughs) you did not give yourself that nickname. I want that to roll. I think people. What's up, Big B baller? Hey, do people just shout that out to you? Big time down the street. Big time Billy Hernan Gomez. <laughs> yeah, it's what pe- it's what makes this hurt a little bit more though, where even if you get that type of game, you see Donovan Mitchell interact with the media. And I like Malik Monk, man. Like it, just the personality wise. Malik, you can tell that he's a little immature, the twenty one year old that he is right now. But I, I like the personality that he has. He's funny to me. I think he is engaging when you find something that he can connect to. I, I like Malik Monk and the kind of person that he is. But Donovan Mitchell, you can tell that the he that he is a leader. You know, I don't think that was fluff that Kyle Korver was giving us that. You know, it's very easy to let the media walk away from his locker and just go about your day after that loss, a tough loss where Donovan Mitchell did not hit it. But he called him back, and I believe that's very real for Kyle Korver. And that's what makes it hurt even more, not just that Donovan Mitchell straight up is a better player. Get rid of the attitude. He's a a way better player. It's that attitude like, man, that that attitude along with Kimba, that backcourt would be nasty, and that hurts 
No wonder it hurts. Even with that type of game, seeing that attitude, it makes it hurt even more. Uh, unless you're Ricky Rubio, and they're like, phew, nobody's going to remember that airball three. Big baller Rubio. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky. Hot shot Rubio. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, the Himalaya Podcast app, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Lockdown Hornets. One more day. Draft recap. It's all tomorrow.